Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Wow. Isn't it exciting what the Lord's doing here? Honest truth. These are the days I dreamed of since I was a little kid. And uh, there's been a couple of times where Ted and I have been chatting to each other in the middle of the worship. And a couple of weeks ago, I said to him, you know, we've grown up in church. He's a pastor's son. I've got my amazing mother-in-law here with us today. Pastor Nola, who was my pastor before she was my mum-in-law, taught me lots of things about the Lord. And I'm very thankful for her ministry. But we actually were talking in the middle of a service one day a couple of weeks ago. And I just said, have you ever seen anything like this? And Ted went, I have never seen anything like this. And I want to tell you, this is just the beginning. You know, this is actually just the beginning. And there'll be ebbs and flows to this revival. There will be ebbs and flows. And if you feel like there's a lull, don't worry about it, because it's not a kite. Revival's not a kite. I talked to Pastor Corey about this the other day. The Lord said to me, Roma, this revival's not a kite. It's a lasagna. And I just went, okay, that's super weird. And because uh, God talks like that to me. And he said, it's not a kite that you're running around trying to catch. It's a meal at the table that has many layers. And sometimes when you eat it, it tastes like meat. Sometimes when you eat it, you get a bit of that bucconcini and that cheese. Sometimes when you eat it, you've got, it's got ebbs and flows. It's flavour. Revival is sitting at the table and enjoying the layers. And I truly believe we're going to come into a season where if people don't get healed, you're going to be surprised. It's going to be the other way around. So get ready for that. Get ready for that. And I'm honoured to teach... Tonight, I'm going to do a little bit of teaching and then I want to take you on an encounter. I want to take you on a story and I'll tell you how it kind of happened, why I'm going to talk on this. But a couple of weeks, maybe 10 days ago, I was sitting down just talking to the Lord about some of the training I had coming up with our community and I had something already set in place, was ready to go. Revivals made life pretty busy, so I was very grateful that I had my notes prepared in advance and I was getting ready to put the finishing touches on it and the Lord went, Roma, I don't want you to teach on that this week. I want you to teach on something else. And I went, okay, alarm bells, freaking out. Do I have time for this? But, you know, when the Lord says that, you have to listen, don't you? And I said, all right, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? And he said, all he said was this, I want you to teach on your friend, the Holy Spirit. And I went, oh, okay. And so I had the privilege of spending quite a lot of hours in the middle of trying to put two uni assignments together. I'm at uni as well. But I'm telling you that Holy Spirit message that got on the inside of me has literally done something to me from the inside out. And I say this without exaggeration. I've actually had the shaking on the inside like something was about to explode. And so I want to share with you what the Lord's been talking to me about in the last 10 days and how he is your friend, the Holy Spirit. And I really feel like the Lord is highlighting the Holy Spirit right now. I know he's always with us. I know that 
You know, Book of Acts, know the story. I've grown up in church. He's always here, but ebbs and flows. I feel like the Lord's going, we need more attention to this. We need more attention to the Holy Spirit. And I was really encouraged when Pastor Corey was saying he saw fire and tongues of fire because when I was praying this afternoon about this service, I actually had an internal vision. And in that vision, I saw the Holy Spirit like a man. And I'm going to laugh. I don't know you, but he looked like you. So when I saw you, I was like, is that, the, is that really the Holy Spirit, Lord? So anyway, you look like the Holy Spirit in my vision, all right? <laughs> but the Holy Spirit walked in in the shape of a man with a, a big, uh, like, jar, clay jar and a brush. And I saw him walk in from the back of the auditorium and it was when no one was here. It was empty. And I saw him dip the paintbrush in the jar and start to smear all the seats with this anointing oil. And he went through the whole auditorium just smearing the seats with the oil. Then I saw him come and stand right here. And I feel him right now as a person standing right next to me. And I saw that the meeting tonight was starting to happen. And then at an appointed time, I saw this. I saw a net that went from four corners of the roof, and inside the net were flames of fire, and there were four angels, two on this side, two on that side, and this net was heavy with little flames of fire. And at an appointed time during the service, I saw the Holy Spirit go, now, and at the, at the command of the Holy Spirit, I saw these angels cut the net and these tongues of fire started to land on every single person here. And you were in a sandwich. It was the, it was the anointing and it was the fire and you were in the middle and that flame caught fire with the oil and you just became a ball of fire. And that's what I actually believe is going to happen tonight. So get ready, okay? Get ready. So let me talk to you about your friend, the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness. He is so amazing, isn't he? He is so good. And then I'll teach for a bit. And then I want to do a little encounter, a little prayer encounter for you to experience him again. Because we need that. We need that every day. We need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. So if you don't know much about the Holy Spirit, let me share some biblical truths with you first, and then we'll go into this guided encounter. So who is the Holy Spirit? Maybe you're like me, around my age, there was this great book by the amazing Benny Hinn called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And I actually love the way he explains who the Holy Spirit is. He talks about him as part of the Trinity, which he is. You can't separate Father, Son and Holy Spirit, but it's three distinct, unique personalities. The Nicene Creed would call it God in three persons. So it's three distinct and unique personalities. And I love what Benny Hinn says. He goes to 1 Corinthians 12, five, verses 5 to 6, and he says, he, he quotes this, there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord, and there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works in them all. And then he goes to verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every single person for the profit of all. And so he was 
unfolding, well, Paul was unfolding in there what it looked like to be the Godhead. What does Father, Son and Holy Spirit look like? And then Benny Benny Hinn, Benny Sin, that would be bad if I said that in front of him, but it's Benny Hinn. Okay, he says it like this, which I love. He says, Father is the operator. The Holy Ghost is the manifester and Jesus is the administrator. I like this because it's got, they've got their own little thing going that's for the profit of all. Let me say it again. Operator. God sends his son. He has a plan to operate on the earth. He sends his son. The administrator, Jesus, comes to reveal the father. So the operator sends the son. The administrator reveals the Father, that's Jesus. And then the manifester, the Holy Spirit, releases the power of the Father through the Son. Or another way to look at it is the operator. God is the source. Administrator, Jesus is the giver of the source. The manifester is the power of the source. And with those three together... We have a full circle, the giver, the power, the operator, all unique expressions of the Godhead. But the Holy Spirit is who we are going to talk about today. And I want to tell you a little, I want to tell you the story. So we know about the power and I believe his power is going to come today. But who is Holy Spirit through time? Who was he? And you might be surprised to know that the story where the Holy Spirit comes in the book of Acts, if you know your Bible, is actually not the first time that the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the Scriptures. And I love this because, in fact, in the book of Genesis, the very first chapter of the Bible, it says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Can you imagine that? Just imagine that for a moment. The Spirit, like a bird, that's how I imagine it when I read it, just hovering over the face of the waters. And then we see him in the creation of man. Genesis 2 verse 7, Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Those words, breath of life, is the Hebrew ruach, R-U-A-C-H, means breath of God, breath of life. And we actually have another word that is comparable to that in the New Testament, which is, guess what, pneuma. It's breath, spirit. It's who the Holy Spirit is. So at the creation of man, just think of that. I imagine God just holding man in a lifeless form, moulding him together, and then the spirit, the Holy Spirit, breathes his breath into his body. Could you imagine what that would have felt like to be Adam and just have that breath bring you alive with the power and the breath of God? So beautiful. And we also actually see this right through the scriptures. The Holy Spirit is part of the story. So Nehemiah 9 verse 20. You gave your good spirit 
to instruct them and did not withhold your manner from their mouth. You know what I love? You know how we talk about Holy Spirit being our teacher? He is actually what we call an omniscient teacher. What does that mean? Omniscient means he doesn't just know stuff. He knows the past. He knows the present. And he knows the future. And he knows it all in its time. So what that means when the Holy Spirit is teaching you the perfect teacher, because he doesn't know, he doesn't just know what you need to learn for the moment. He knows what you need to learn to heal the past, to have you fruitful in the present, and for you to walk into the destiny that the Lord has put on your life. Isn't that incredible? That's the best teacher that you can have. And he's been doing that since the beginning. We see him with Ezekiel in the valley of the dry bones. I love that story. Ezekiel 37 verses 1 to 4. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. We see the Holy Spirit in the life of King David, 1 Samuel 16 verse 3. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers, talking about David. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David. And so we can see we can't escape the Holy Spirit. He is everywhere. He knows all things. Psalm 139 verse 7 says, where can I go from your spirit? And I'm thankful for that. There's nowhere we can run. You know, let me little side note say this. Maybe there's been times during this pandemic that you've gone, I'm going to move. And then you've gone, where am I going to move to? (laughs) It's everywhere. Isn't it wonderful that that's the Holy Spirit as well? Wherever you go, wherever you are, it doesn't matter how dark it is, the Holy Spirit is there and he is ready to operate in your life. It's beautiful. And then we see that he was and he is a part of the story and wants to continue to be part of the story. Now, let's talk about the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus on the earth. Matthew 3, verse 16. As soon as Jesus was baptised, imagine this, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw what? The Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him, verse 17, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love and in whom I am well pleased. You know what I love about that scripture? There's only a few scriptures in the Bible where you hear about the the, the three distinct personalities of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and that is one of them. You see Jesus getting baptised, you see the Holy Spirit coming upon him, and you hear God saying, I am so proud. The Trinity at work in the life of Jesus on the earth. And, you know, even Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit working in his own life. Luke 4 verse 18 says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. And the book of Acts even talks about Jesus moving in wonder because of the Holy Spirit. Acts 10 verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. And we decree that tonight too, because God was with him. Now, this is where the story gets kind of cool. So Jesus dies on the cross 
And then he gets resurrected. And there's this little time in the middle before the story of the upper room where Jesus spends a little bit of time with the disciples. Have a read of this. Well, I'll read it for you. It's pretty cool. John 20, verses 21 to 22. Jesus is talking to the disciples and he says this, Peace be with you. And as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Imagine being a disciple and everything you've just been through. You may be feeling you had sadness because Jesus died, then you're elated because he's come back to life. Like, you'd be just all over the place emotionally, right? Let's be honest. Let's just talk about it realistically. And then Jesus says, receive, he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. What would that have felt like to have the resurrected Jesus breathe on you to receive the Holy Spirit? But you might be saying to yourself, hang on, I'm confused. Didn't they receive the Holy Spirit in the upper room? Let me share something with you that will really encourage you. Yes, in Acts 2 verses 1 to 4, it says, when the day of Pentecost has come, they're waiting in the upper room, they're all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. We know that story. But you might be asking, I don't understand this little John 20 verse. He breathed on them before the upper room. And I'll tell you right now, lots of theologians argue this point. A lot of people go, I'm confused about this. You can't have the Holy Spirit on you twice. Or maybe it's this. Maybe the Holy Spirit can fill you more than once and for different reasons. And in fact, if we go to John verse 20 and we look a little more deeply in those words, be filled with the Holy Spirit, in the Greek it actually implies that it's something that is continual. It's something that keeps on happening like wind in a sail going down a river like the current in an ocean. And so this idea of the Holy Spirit being a person that we have to encounter again and again. And so this is why I have a shaking in my bones about this word. Because as I was studying this, I started to get, the Lord was starting to minister to me. And I started to realise that the Lord was going, Roma, you need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't matter how wonderful your life is. It doesn't matter how glorious things are for you. Because not everyone here who's coming in, you're struggling with someone. You might be going, my life's pretty good. It doesn't matter where you are on the scale of life. Every day we need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. We are meant to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And we need it more than ever. That's what I really believe. And I feel like that's why the Lord is highlighting Holy Spirit to me in this season. He's like, we need more. We need more of his infilling every day. And I want to say to you today that the Holy Spirit wants 
to re release and reveal who he is and his power. Because it says that in the scriptures, Acts 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That word power is the Greek word dunamis. You might have heard that word before. It means power, might, strength. My favourite, supernatural manifestations of power, miracles, wonder. It is a powerful deed. And what I love about this, it's used 10 times, that word in the book of Acts. It always refers to God's power, not ours. It always refers to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And so it doesn't even matter if you feel strong tonight. Because it's not about you. It's about dunamis. It's about us just being open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And then let's get to the story that we know, the upper room. Let's talk about those 120 people, what that must have looked like. I had the privilege of just before lockdown, going to Israel. And so it's brought everything alive to me because I got to see what this would have looked like. I can imagine it in my mind and I'm going to maybe put some word pictures in your mind today to help you see it. But imagine that upper room. So an upper room in a person's home. So they'd have their house down the bottom and an upper room was like a, uh, a room where you'd have big banquets or dinners and things, you know, when people were coming over and there were a lot of people. So they were at somebody's house. And if we do a little bit more study, you find out that it's most likely the mother of Mary, uh, the mother Mary, the mother of James and John, the disciples that are, uh, are follow Jesus in the 12. And what's interesting about that, when I was studying that, I was like, wow, okay, so this would be a place that they'd been to before. And I went, I wonder if there's anywhere else in scripture where this upper room was used. This is beautiful, guys. This made me cry. Because this was actually the same place where the Last Supper was held. This was the place where Jesus was talking about his death. This was the place where he washed his disciples' feet. And now it's the place where new life is about to come. And I think it's really fitting that in a place where it felt like something was dying, God brought life. And I want to say that to you tonight. If you feel that you're in a place of death, it's not always about running away. If you hold, if you stand your ground and you allow the Holy Spirit to freshly infill you again, the same place where death has been, where grief has been, where disappointment has been, is the same place that God will bring life, hope, direction and healing in the name of Jesus. So let's imagine the disciples for a moment. So they've already had this Jesus breathing on them, the 12. They feel this fresh infilling, but now they're in the upper room and they are waiting for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. And this is what I think. This is my personal opinion. We see that Jesus previously filled them. And I think that he previously filled them because they were exhausted. 
I think they were like, this is like an emotional trip. Up and down, up and down. It's awesome, but you get a little tired. Has anybody, okay, for those of you who are really involved in the, the back end of what it takes to host these meetings, I've got to tell you, it's been the best fun ever, but it took a little while to get into a rhythm, didn't it? Like, I'm not even on staff, and I was like, I'm so tired. <laughs> but I had to keep coming because I was so excited about what the Lord was doing. And it was this fresh infilling, the Holy Spirit coming upon us and, and filling us again that makes me keep coming back because I know that every time I come, it's not about a meeting, but when you gather and faith is in the room, it's just, it's incredible what can take place in moments like that. And so we see that he previously filled them to be refreshed. But then in the upper room, you know what he was filling them for? Service. He was filling them to be him on the earth. The Holy Spirit is not for show. He is not for status. He's to help us serve. He's to help us and empower us to bring glory to God, not for ourselves. And I want to say this. Can you say that? Can you say, I asked myself this question and I'm going to ask it to you. I said, can I say, God, use me without any need to be known or prominent? Because that is who the Holy Spirit is looking for. He's looking for people that don't care about that stuff. They just care about Jesus being glorified. And so I'm here today with this word in my bones to say a fresh infilling is coming tonight. I really believe it. If you need fresh oil... Because that's another way that the Holy Spirit is personified in Scripture, talked about in Scripture. Have you lost your oil? Have you felt like you're a bit dry? Well, let me firstly share how we get oil. Again, Israel, trip just before lockdown. I got to see how they pressed the olives in those old days. And I tell you, it took a lot of pressing in these big sort of stone... um, things that they made in the, in the ground, it took a lot of pressing for those oils to release, uh, for the olives to release the oil. And I want to say to you, sometimes it takes a bit of crushing to get the oil. And I say that to encourage you because I think we often think to be crushed, to feel pressure You can feel shame around that sometimes. You're like, I'm not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you are. Maybe you're just in a crushing season because God's trying to get the oil. He's trying to get the oil out of you. So when we experience that on a personal level, but also when we experience it on a a state level or a national level, that persecution and resistance, be excited because it means that new oil is coming. And I love what David Hernandez says. I don't know if you know him, but I love his teaching. He says, only the spirit-filled produce power under pressure. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Only the spirit-filled produce power under pressure. If you don't have that Holy Spirit, then when the pressure comes, you feel fear. You feel you experience strange doctrines. It's the honest truth. You have emotional breakdowns. When the pressure's on, whatever is on the inside of you comes out. And that's why in a time of great pressure, we need the Holy Spirit more than ever. 
But you know, I'm Italian, right? So I've grown up having olives picked off the tree. And you know, I've got some really embarrassing stories. Like my nonna, my, is anyone else here Italian, by the way? Who understood that prophetic word in Italian? Can you put your hand up? That was for you, hey? I'm doing that on purpose because I said to Thomas, there were people here that had to hear that. Who was ministered by what Thomas shared? Put your hand up, that's awesome. That's great, praise God. That's very cool, Thomas. You're awesome wherever you are. It's very, very cool. Um, so my nonna would have all these olive trees and they would, you know, take the olives off the tree and put them in these buckets. And then the way you, that olives sort of curate or cure or whatever you call it is you just put like a bucket load of salt in water and then they have to sit there for six weeks. It's absolutely disgusting, right? But then they taste so good at the end. And so we would often go to my nonna's house and we'd be going to the bathroom. And to go to the bathroom, you had to walk through the laundry and you'd be tripping over buckets of olives full of salt. So I remember what it was like to see us harvesting the olives. But you know what you do if you have a lot of olive trees? You don't just pick. That would take forever. The tree has to be violently shook for those olives to fall. So they go crazy and shake in the tree so that they all fall down. And I want to say, it's not just about a crushing. Sometimes it's about a shaking. And he'll shake you. He'll shake the uncomfortable out of you. He'll shake you from the familiar. He'll shake you till no pressure on this earth will bother you anymore. You will just work, you will walk in the power of the Holy Spirit because you've been shaken by so many things and you've been pressed by so many things that the oil is with you constantly being poured out. So we don't need to be worried about politics. We don't need to be worried about who's going to be the next premier. It doesn't matter because the Holy Spirit is here. And the Lord is going to have his way in the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But, you know, the Lord started to talk to me as I was studying this. And being Italian, I'm like, wow, this is so awesome, God. And I was shaking from the inside out as I was studying this. But he said to me, Roma, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you have to not be filled with other things. It is a process of surrender. And let's be real. Surrender isn't cool. I don't like surrender. I mean, it's uncomfortable. We want, you're going to have a destiny and you're going to be a millionaire or God's got a great plan for your life. We want those kind of words, right, don't we? We don't want, you need to surrender. And look, God gives us those other words, that's awesome, but I actually feel like if we are really hungry for the Holy Spirit, we have to understand that it's going to take surrendering, we have to let go. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says that, what does it say? Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have received from God? You are not your own. And it might require a new level of surrender to receive the Holy Spirit. It's beautiful. So I want to share with you that whole story in what I would call a guided encounter. The worship team can come back up if they want to. So we've been sharing this in our communities this week and we have had people healed of physical conditions. We've had people healed of huge anxiety 
and um, weight of what's happening in their lives and their worlds. And I love the idea of imagining the Holy Spirit. And I love how the Lord uses our five senses to experience him. It's not just all audible. Of course, our foundation is the scripture, right? But what does Romans 12 verse 1 say? It says, be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Your imagination is in your mind. And the Lord created your imagination so that you would think on whatever is pure, whatever is good, think on these things. And so tonight, I want you to close your eyes as we go on a little journey with Holy Spirit. And I believe at the end of this, he is going to fill you again. He's going to fill you with a fresh infilling. So the amazing Brett team are just going to play. You can close your eyes. You can keep them open. You can lie on the ground if you want. I don't mind. I'm cool with any weird stuff. I'm like fine with it. Prophets are cool with weird stuff. (laughs) It's not really weird. (laughs) All right. Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We thank you for who you are. I feel like he's standing right next to me right now. I want you to imagine you're there at the beginning of the creation of the world. The Holy Spirit looks like an eagle. He's hovering over the face of the dark waters. And you're there. Maybe you're sitting on the body of that eagle and you're hovering with him as he spans over those insurmountable waters. Like a bird with outstretched wings. I want you to hear the sound of the waters around you. you to feel the wind as the spirit moves. You feel it just pushing your hair back and it's on your face. Wonder what he's thinking about. What is going through the Holy Spirit's mind? We're going to change scenes now. You're in the garden. And God is creating man for the very first time. And I want you to imagine that you are actually Adam. He's forming you. He's putting the finishing touches on your body. He's touching your hair. God is smiling and thinking, this is so good what I've created. Then the Holy Spirit comes. Comes right up to your lifeless frame and he breathes on you. You come alive. 
Ruach of God. How does that feel? To feel the Spirit for the first time, permeating every pore, being the very part of your DNA. scenes again I want you to imagine that you're by the river Jordan you're in the desert Jesus is about to be baptized maybe you're a spectator maybe you're waiting to be baptized too what's the weather like it's the sun beating down maybe you're standing on the edge of those waters you're feeling the water Go through your sandals. Maybe it's lapping on the edges of fabric that you're wearing. You see John the Baptist in the middle of that water yelling out, Repent! Repent! And then suddenly you see Jesus, this man that people don't really yet know, walk through the crowd come to the water's edge and you look at him and you're like there's something different about this guy who is this person he walks into the water what is the what is the face of John the Baptist looks like as he sees his cousin walking towards him is he shocked is he smiling you see Jesus with a big grin on his face then you hear John the Baptist say, I'm not worthy enough even to tie your sandals. Then you see them begin to have a conversation. You can't quite hear what they're saying. But eventually, John just puts his hands on Jesus, puts him under the water. And Jesus comes back up out of the water. And you feel a visible shift in the atmosphere. And you hear a voice from heaven audibly say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And you see the spirit of God like a dove come down. What does that feel like to be a spectator watching that? What does it feel like to see Jesus like that? And then I want to change the scene again. This time it's the resurrected Jesus. It's a couple of days, maybe a week or two after They didn't find him in the tomb. He's been spending time with the disciples. Imagine that you are one of those disciples. 
and he's standing closely to you. He's putting his arms around you and he's going, I told you, I told you this was going to happen. Could you imagine what it must have felt like to be a disciple? Have the risen king in front of you? Were you weeping? Were you just going, I just can't believe it, God. This is just incredible. And then Jesus comes in close and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathes his breath upon you. You feel his breath on your face. And immediately you feel refreshed and revived. It's like you become recentered. All the tiredness of the last few months is gone. And then finally, we're in another scene. You're in that upper room. You're one of the 120 who's up there waiting just as the Lord requested. Look at your surroundings. What does it feel like? What's the weather like? Is it hot? Is it cold? You're waiting. Who are you in that room? How do you feel? Are you excited? Are you wondering what's going to happen? Are you like, we've been waiting for a while now. What do you think the Lord's asking us? What is the Lord asking? What is going to happen? Maybe you're having hushed conversations with other people as you walk around the room. You're talking about what it was like to see the resurrected King. Maybe you're having conversations with others who haven't seen Jesus yet. What was it like when you saw him? Did you see the nails in his hands and his feet? What was he like? What did he say? Maybe you can hear all the bustlings on the outside of the room. It was the Feast of Weeks in Israel at that time where they were celebrating Moses receiving the Ten Commandments. It was one of the feasts that the Jews celebrate. There would have been lots of people in Jerusalem at that time. Can you hear donkeys? Can you hear animals? children playing out in the street. Maybe you hear vendors selling food and whatever needed was needed. You start to think about what it was like the last time you were there. Jesus was sharing about his death that was to come. Maybe you're remembering when he washed your feet and you're almost in disbelief. Why would Jesus wash my feet? You're talking about that. You're worshipping, you're waiting. Maybe you're singing the songs of your fathers, the songs you were taught in synagogue. Maybe you're repeating the prayers that you'd known since you were a little child. 
Maybe you start to talk to the people next to you about all the things that you've seen. Remember when God did this. Remember when Jesus did that. Remember when Lazarus came back to life. Remember when he healed the blind man. Remember when he healed that woman with the issue of blood. What about the feeding of the 5,000? Maybe you're sharing all the incredible stories. Maybe you cry a few times. Maybe you have tears coming down your face or you're laughing. And you just wait. You wait in anticipation for what the Lord's going to do. Then all of a sudden, (laughs) you start to feel some wind on your face coming from the open windows. You start to feel a refreshing in the air. At first it starts gently, like a breeze. Then all of the sudden, it builds and builds until it's a mighty rushing wind. The windows start to rattle. And the full force of this supernatural wind hits you deep in your belly. And you feel the power of the Holy Spirit enter your body. (laughs) You're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You open your eyes. You look around and you see tongues of fire on every single person in that room. Wow, you start to just laugh. And then all of a sudden you're filled with tongues. No more is it in your on your head, it is in your mouth. Joel 2 verse 28 to you. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died and rose again, conquering sin, Satan and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. 
I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life. And I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.